welcome to the people of Canterbury Baptist, the podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Steve and for today's episode, let's meet Pete. Hello Peter, welcome to the people of Canterbury Baptist Podcast. I've run out of options, I'm here. (laughs) Kept hounding you and hounding you until finally you couldn't say no any longer. Uh, like that. If it's any comfort, you're not the first who would who would who would reply in such a, a, a measure. But nonetheless, you are here, and we are grateful for that. So thank you for taking this time just to unpack something of your own story, your own journey, and uh, I guess help us to get a better better understanding of how you ended up here. Uh, let's see if we can actually come to an understanding of that by the time we get to the end. Yeah, maybe it's just you know. No better offers, as they say in the classics. Uh, let's let's see how the story ends. But anyway, let's start at the beginning of the story with my classic first question. Where were you born? I was born in the Bethesda Hospital in Richmond. Um, the Bethesda, it was a Salvation Army maternal hospital in the 1960s. Um, the building still exists, but it's now part of Epworth. Is that an indication that you had some Salvation Army in your background or that was just the local hospital for your I think it might have been that it was the... One of the more Christian hospitals in Melbourne. What's your What's your earliest memory? Um, looking through the fence at Doncaster Park Kindergarten uh, when I was about three and a half, looking for a friend of mine called Bruce. That's a remarkably specific memory. That's it's quite. I, I didn't see him. I just remember looking for him. <laughs> Do you have any any ongoing memories of who this Bruce is? Was this? Oh a yes, person? yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the. He was a. a the son of well, he he was a guy that was actually in our church. He lived around the corner from us, and our families were quite close. Um, what did your parents do in your early childhood? Uh, my mother had, my mother before she was married was a kindergarten teacher, and when I was when I was young, my father was a a maths teacher, high school teacher. So when you were young, does that mean that, that your father went, went through some career changes as you Correct. were growing yes. up? Yeah. Can I ask what changed from math teacher to what? Uh, for a while he worked um, He worked at Open House. I don't know if you know it's a kind of outreach um, thing to uh, people with – it was originally to gangs, but mental health people and stuff in, in Ivanhoe one stage. And he also worked uh, – he worked as a postie for a while and a uh, – uh, a trade in a, a plumber's tradie, but he uh, also later in life he became a psychologist. And uh, but he also worked in uh, worked on a project that provided um, work experience for kids from the country. So they would come to Melbourne um, and do work experience, and he oversaw part of that project. So it was education related. So I'm I'm sure we're skipping way ahead in the story here, but that's an incredibly diverse range of careers for anyone to go through. But I guess the common thread that I'm hearing in that is there was a lot of work in there in which he was dedicated to, to supporting and helping other people. Was this part of the home life that you were raised in? Was this part of the atmosphere of of, of the, the family that you were raised in that there was that that desire and that sense of helping others? Yeah, we were always encouraged to kind of do that sort of thing and and look out for people who were um, who perhaps weren't cared for and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, um, it was wasn't an overt thing, but yes, it was certainly there. In and you know, my mum taught religious education and stuff like that in schools and that sort of thing, and volunteered in the the canteen and all those sort of things. You, um, whereabouts did you first go to school? 
I went to Doncaster Park Primary School. And were you a one primary school student? I you certainly was. Same school all the way through? Well, certainly for primary school, yes. <laughs> um, did you, did, did, do you remember enjoying primary school? Yeah, I loved primary school. Do you remember why? Um, uh, a mixture. We I had good teachers. Um, I had a lot, you know, a lot of friends. So a lot of the, you know, I lived in a street where there were a lot of kids about my age, um, at least four or five of them that were my age. Uh, and they also had siblings that were about my siblings' age, so we all knew each other quite well and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, so it was just, and it was good and, you know, I... I quite liked kind of learning and stuff and, yeah, so that sort of thing. It was, yeah, and it was, you know, I enjoyed, you know, there was lots of fun at school too. You know, we had good, good, uh, you know, activities, like there were school fates and all that kind of stuff. And so there was a lot of kind of community involvement in the primary school as well. With the, um, the, the distance that you now have able to look back at yourself, if you could stand beside yourself as a primary school student now, what would you see? How, how would you describe yourself to us? Were you studious? Were you academic? Were you rambunctious? Were you outgoing? Were you cheeky? Were you difficult? How, how would you describe yourself now? Uh, I was a bit cheeky and about a bit outgoing, but I was reasonably studious as well. You know, I, I, I mean, didn't do much work. You know, you never did much work at, you know, <laughs> uh, at primary school. <laughs> Having done some work later in life, you think, yeah, okay. I did. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I – um, yeah, primary school was good. It was, uh, you know, we had, as I said, good teachers and, and stuff. I had good teachers. Maybe I was just, you know, lucky, but, yeah, that's um, – did church play much of a role in your in your life during these years? Oh yeah, we went to Boleyn Baptist. Um, uh, so we we were, lived in Doncaster, and it, um, my parents had originally been Methodists, um, but there wasn't a Methodist church in Doncaster when we moved there. There was one some years later. Um, uh, so we started going to Boleyn Baptist when I when we moved there. I was only about three or four um, when we we. We moved there. My first memory was around the corner from it, so we'd lived there. I don't remember living anywhere else. Um, you mentioned earlier on that your parents played a fairly active role, just you know, among, you know, with their job and their career, but fairly active in in serving and fairly active in religious education. Do you remember your parents having a, an active role within the life of the local church as well? Um, uh, yes, not as not as much. Uh, like they were regular attenders and that sort of thing. They, um, my mother was involved in, I think, in things like I think it was called a homemakers group and a few of those things. I mean, this is the nineteen sixties, and in you know, what what in those days was kind of out, almost out of suburban by that stage, you know. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so like they went to church regularly and, and that sort of thing. My parents were involved in the youth group. I think when I was quite. Young, I remember some that sort of stuff, and some people occasionally say to me, "Oh, yes, your dad was involved in the youth group and things like that." But I don't really remember that. That was more um, before you know we came and the kids came along in that sense. Um, how many brothers or sisters do you have? I have one of each. One of each, younger, or older. They're both younger than me. Mm. By how much? Uh, so my sister is two years younger and my brother is uh, three years younger. After that, so did you get on well with them? Or yes, yeah. 
not much in, in not much inter sibling rivalries, or or shall we just say the standard amount of the standard inter- amount? Yeah, yeah, of course, yes. of course. Um, what high school do you go to? Uh, I started at Greythorn High School, which was the kind of local high school. So the, the interesting thing about I went to three schools, none of which exists now, but the kindergarten I went to, as I like to say, more than half a century ago, it's still alive and well <laughs> and is in, still in the same place. Um, uh, so I went to uh, Greythorn High School, for which was in North Baldwin on Greythorn Road. Um, it's now – it's like all of my – well, most of my schools, it's now – uh, a housing estate. Um, I was there for four years, and then I changed schools and went to a, a an alternative school, the Swinburne Community School. We'll get to the Swinburne Community School at the moment, but but for you as a as a high school student, um, I, I guess what kind of a high high school student were, uh, were you? This is often the season of change. Did you, did you find yourself becoming more studious or, or more disengaged? Uh, I became more disengaged. Okay. Yeah. Can you can you pinpoint any particular reason or motivation for what may have have led you in that direction? All these years later, not really. Mm. I was a, a bit bored. I think, um, yeah, I, um, not, yeah. I just it was one of those phase things. I think. Yeah. Did, did did you have any sense in your early earlier uh, high school years of what direction you were hoping life might take you in? Not really, um, you know. You know I, I uh, thought I might be a musician or something like that, but uh, that, of course, didn't happen. Didn't really happen. Um, but not really. No, I was, you know, uh, you know, I did a bit of acting at high school and things like that. So there was a bit of that sort of thing. Um, uh, and I could be studious. I was, you know, I remember. I remember I had a history teacher who got a bit grumpy with me. Um, because I would play up a bit in class, then so she'd pull a test generally, and I'd get ninety percent on the test. <laughs> but what was interesting is that she then became a local federal, a long, local state member of parliament, and it was safe to say she was a much better parliamentarian than she was history teacher, as far as I was concerned. So. What motivated the shift from one high school to the next for the last couple of years? Uh, it just it wasn't working for me, um, and the school the school weren't happy with me basically. So, so what did the what did the new school offer to you? Uh, it it allowed uh, it was a lot well, it was a lot more relaxed and a lot more flexible in that sense. So, um, uh, yeah. So it was you know there was. Uh, not, not that the control thing was, but it was, you know, we uh, it was one of the bastions of the the seventy, you know, the leftover seventies thing. So um, we had, you know, school meetings where everyone contributed and all that kind of thing. It was quite a small school; there were only only about a hundred kids there and and that sort of thing. But uh, but we had a lot of kind of rather than doing subjects like English, you'd have a subject about something. So we did. I did a subject on Sherlock Holmes, for example. We did uh, and things like that. So the, in a sense, it was a lot more like um, like you might do it at university. In the sense that whilst you had to do a certain number of kind of English related subjects, the teachers would offer kind of various types of, of subjects. I mean, they had straight things like accounting and, and you know, and science and stuff like that. But they also had, particularly with things like um, with English and kind of drama related stuff, they often had um, uh, subjects that, that worked on a specific thing for a term, you know. Do you think that shift was helpful for you? Oh, yeah, made a huge difference. 
So, so reflecting back on that time, what? Why do you think you were able to plug into that second form much better than the first form of education? Uh, because it had less structure, um, and you you were able to work at your own pace in a sense. Uh, and the, um, yeah, it, it was a structure thing. I think for me, it was. Um, uh, but yeah, and it was also there was a lot of there was much more creative stuff. I did filmmaking. Um, you know, we had music classes and all that kind of stuff. So, is this a? You now we we are projecting forward, and 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 I'm going to go back into this uh, into this time in a minute. But is this is is this a discovery of part of something of your personality that's remained true for you going forward? Are you a person who temperamentally prefers less structure and more opportunities for creativity and exploration? Have you found that that's been a consistent pattern, or do you or do you now see that as a season of of your life that was necessary and important, but actually you've changed even from that from that time? No, I'm I'm still like that. Yeah, it, it, um, and I'm also self motivated, so I often work. Uh, I mean, particularly you know we've had with COVID, but I I've gone back to the office, but I'm usually the only person in the office. But I'm not one. Of, I'm still working all the time and that kind of thing. It's not you know, it, uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't need structure in a sense to do the things that I should do in that sense. But it's in fact I work better without that structure. It's interesting because I I, I know you as primarily the church treasurer that was sort of our first point of intersection and um and for many people listening to this you know that, that they would know know you from your financial reports which always look very thorough uh, very structured very comprehensive very detailed always with a twist of humor you always find a way to, to, to get some jokes in there as well um but clearly the output of your work can in no way be described as unstructured but clearly the process that you follow, the way that, that you achieve these end results for you, that there, there is a need for more freedom or uh, actually how, how, how would you describe to us what it means to, to, to actually live or work most effectively in an unstructured way in practice? I'm, I'm not asking for gory details, but in practice, what does that actually look like for you? Um, just knowing what I've got to do um, and not being micromanaged really. That's is perhaps the simplest way to put it. So basically, here's the target, here's the goal, and now off you go and achieve it. Correct. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, back to high school. Did you successfully pass year twelve? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I went. I went from. So I went from the community school, and it did have a version of year twelve, which was STC, which is the most obscure version of it. <laughs> um, but I went to. I went to what is now Swinburne TAFE. It was the. Swinburne College of Technology then, and I did TOP, the Tertiary Orientation Program, which was a similar version of Year Twelve. Um, uh, with a, you did a, it was basically like either TAFE or, or you know, I mean, it was TAFE, but it was like university. So you did a, a range of of subjects, rather um, across the, the 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 college and things like that. Um, but yes, I was successful in Year Twelve. So, so in a moment, I'm, I'm going to take the story forward and just let's find out what happened next with your tertiary studies. But actually, I want to go back now. The other thing that I know you for is your interest in music. So have we already passed the point in which you you had started um, learning music and started showing an interest in music? Are you able to take me back to that that uh, that, that moment where you began to, to, to feel connection to music? Uh, yes. Somehow I convinced my parents to buy me a guitar. Uh, sorry, that's. I should start earlier. 
uh, I was encouraged to try and play the clarinet and, oh no, the trumpet and then the clarinet. And I was terrible at both. And I had no desire to play either of them in, in, if, now that I look back at it. Um, uh, but I was keen to play guitar. So my parents, uh, in the end, bought me a guitar. And I, I had a couple of books, so I taught myself to play chords and things like that. It was funny when on Sunday Andrew was playing um, The House of the Rising Sun and I remember that in this first book that I had that had kind of chords and, and how to play the guitar, that was one of the songs in it because, of course, it, it's not copyrighted. So they, they were quite happy to include that in the, the book. Um, uh, and then at, at, at the community school... Um, uh, I basically formed a band with a duo with another guy, and we used to write songs together and play and that sort of thing, and play at at school and you know even a bit after school we worked together, and he went on to become quite successful I think, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, so but yes it, that that it particularly took off at the community school. You know I was playing a bit before that, but it, that's where it really got. Um, you know, it's got its, it's uh, pushed on from there, and and primarily primarily around your interest in the guitar. Yes, did you ever play in a band? Uh, yes, yes. In my early uh, between the time I was about twenty and twenty three, I played in a band. Um, would you consider yourself like the band? Would you consider it to be pretty good? Were you like were, were you were you beginning to have aspirations of doing this as a full time job? Uh, probably not in practice. Um, we, we were, I think we were all right, um, but we were a bit of an acquired taste. We was we we wrote our own songs, which is one of those things. You, if people kind of like that, that's good. But if people are looking for effectively covers bands, which most people are, um, it, we at least anyway it ran out of steam. In fact, its last gig was in the the hall here at Canterbury. Wow. Yeah. So. You're also known for a very sizable CD collection. Um, were you a collector of music and a listener of music from a fairly young age? Yes. Yes. I, I can tell you what the first single I saved up and bought was. Go for it. I still own it too. Um, it's Looking for an Echo by Old 55, the the, the 50s revival band that um, starring Frankie J. Holden was their lead singer and things like that. Um, but yes, no, I'd always liked music from a, a, a young age, and back in those days, of course, I mostly had pre-recorded cassettes. That was the that was the main thing because uh, yeah, um, I have both the vinyl and, as you say, a CD collection, and I I still own five pre-recorded cassettes because there's been music I've wanted, and the only way I've been able to easily get it without paying, you know, literally hundreds of dollars is to buy pre-recorded cassettes. So I, I bought two, I think I've bought two this year because there was just these obscure bits of music that somebody had on pre-recorded cassettes. So I thought, yeah, all right, I've still got the technology, you know, and I can burn that to CD and then I can burn the CDs to MP3s and stuff like that. But yes, so, but yes, so I always had music. Is, is this a sign that, that you came from a musical household or are you the, the musical black sheep of the family? Oh, no, no, no. My mother played piano um, quite a bit. My grandmother played organ and things like that. Um, uh, and my both of my uh, – my dad tried a number of instruments. Um, uh, 
my grandmother, so his mum was a. Uh, uh, we don't really know because a lot of it happened kind of in parts of our lives that we don't know a lot about. But my paternal grandmother was a jazz musician. I, I'm I'm led to believe, you know, we believe that's the case. Um, uh, so yes, there was always music in our house, and, and uh, um, yeah, and we, you know, we went and saw. You know, I remember going and see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the musical film, and all that kind of stuff. So, and I've. And I've still got the record, you know, <laughs> so, that sort of thing. So, so yes, no, um, uh, but yes, both of my siblings played music and stuff as well. So we, we were encouraged to play music, and you know, both at school and, and other places as well. What did music mean to you back in those years? Um, uh, it was really just it was a, a bit of a, you know it was both a creative expression so when you did it yourself obviously but also um, it was just something I really loved you know it's um, I was keener on music than I was on literature and things like that um, we didn't have a television for many years so it was one of those sort of things as well uh, but yeah it's just a it's a it's a an art form that I've always loved still love yeah that sort of thing. So after high school, did, did you end up going to university? The technical answer is yes and no. That is, I went I went to Swinburne Institute, which is now Swinburne University, and I did a BA in in politics and media studies. What what uh, what uh, inspired you to pick up politics and media studies? Uh, I'd always loved politics. Okay. Um, uh, I can still remember hearing that Gough Whitlam had been sacked. Um. Uh, and that's a family connection as well. One of my mother's cousins was a member of the the the, the Whitlam Labor government. So we were, you know, uh, yeah, the, the politics was always – music was one thing. Politics was always part of our family. <laughs> there is a rumour that, um, uh, you know, my paternal grandparents met in the Communist Party. I'm not really sure about that, but it, 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 you know, my paternal, if that's true about my paternal grandparents, my maternal grandparents uh, met in, uh, in a Methodist church in, in Williamstown. So that kind of gives you an idea of how I've ended up being who I am, perhaps. It's <laughs> insight into your, uh, your heritage, that's right. the, the, the stream from which you have been made. That's right. Um, so, so studying politics and, and art, did you have a, Sorry, with politics and, and media. media. Did you have a, um, a particular ambition of where you wanted life to end, to take you by this point? Uh, yeah, I was hoping to work in the media originally. Yeah, uh, probably radio or something like that. Uh, part of my my you know I, I was involved in student radio and all that kind of stuff. Um, part of my media studies major was in radio production and things like that. Um, so yeah, I was kind of hoping that that would end up. It didn't happen, of course, but, but um, yeah. How did, how did you enjoy university life? Yeah, I loved, loved it. Any, any particular opportunities open up for you, or things that you remember that you really enjoyed from that time? Um, uh, a lot of the student union stuff. So I was, you know, and the, I was involved in the Christian Union at at, at Swinburne. So I was involved there. Um, yeah, so a lot of that sort of stuff uh, I was involved. I mean, I, I quite enjoyed study and, and that sort of thing as well. But, yeah. But, uh, so, so student union, what was your involvement in student union? Uh, so I was involved in the student radio station. I did work for the student union, um, mostly ad hoc kind of stuff. 
there'd been a photography club that was there that had had fallen into had basically stopped and I and a couple of other people resurrected that um, at one stage and uh, and that sort of thing. So it was that sort of stuff. It was, uh, but it was yeah, in the student radio station and that kind of stuff. Given your just interest in, I guess, family heritage and politics, did you end up getting much in in the way of student politics? I once stood in a by election for the the vice president of the student union and got soundly defeated. <laughs> <laughs> and that turned you off standing for anything else ever again, or that was just a, a fun memory for you? <laughs> um, well, the next time I stood in a contested election was for the Baptist Union of Victoria's Executive Council, and I was soundly beaten in that one too so, <laughs> by a guy who went on to become a great mate of mine. So. <laughs> I think this is this is a good 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 time maybe to put a bit of a pause in our conversation. Is there you are at university? So how about um, how about we pick the story up from there in our next uh, conversation? We'll start you at university and we'll uh, possibly even bring you all the way out all the way up to the present moment. But Pete, mate, thank you thank you so much for just unpacking your li- this part of your life for us and appreciate your openness and willingness to be part of this. No worries, thanks a lot. And thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen. This podcast is produced and presented by Stephen Field on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email cbc at canterburybaptist.org. If you're a member or regular attender of this church, how about you get in touch with Pete directly and thank him for his contribution today. Theme music is a song, The First Step, by Andrew Naylor from his album, Two Stones. This album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist. Canterbury Baptist.